Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is a podcast from Minute Media. You're listening to the MLS Multiplex Podcast with contributors from MLSMultiplex.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the MLS Multiplex Podcast. As always, it is Drew here with Josh and Connor catching you up on the conference finals getting you ready for the granddaddy of them all mls cup coming tomorrow as we're recording this on december 10th on friday mls cup is coming tomorrow super excited about it the season is almost over it's been a wild ride lots of games lots of things happening but we are almost at the end of it so we have one more episode talking about the 2021 season super excited to be back and we had a day off yesterday connor you are not done with school are you done with school you're not done with school that sucks how much longer do you have of school until you get out i have an exam tuesday and then i am done uh until january uh so still got another weekend of annoying work and an assignment due on monday um but you know we're getting there eventually at some point hopefully um so yeah just been doing that and trying to relax i guess a bit been pretty uneventful honestly uh yeah josh you're doing something after this what are you doing going to the hawks game gonna go watch the hawks play the brooklyn nets i'm excited it's gonna be my first hawks game since march of 2019 And the only reason I went is because the Atlanta United game had just ended and they were still doing that deal because the Hawks were terrible where you could just walk across the street to the Hawks game and get in for like five bucks because the Hawks just wanted people in the crowd. And what better place than the 70,000 people going to watch a soccer match next door. So it'll be my first time going since then. So I'm really excited. Team has gotten way, way better. But yeah, other than that, just working a lot this week. Pretty tired from that usual teaching and things um and then you guys know this but uh, i'll be going to chicago next week gonna get a chance to perform up there at a it's a music conference for educators and performers it's a very um maybe not world renowned but it's it's the most prestigious conference that they have at least here in the united states or north america so it's a little bit of a big deal that the group i'm in gets to play it at this uh at this conference do this concert there's only three types of these groups that get accepted every year so i'm very looking forward to that i've never been to chicago i've driven through illinois before uh but that wasn't very exciting because it was the boring part of illinois so looking forward to experiencing a experiencing a city that i've um never gotten to experience and spider-man comes out next week so 
I'm very much excited. And also, that must mean, since Spider-Man's coming out, that Drew is that much closer to graduating, right? Next week, yes. huh? A week from today. Holy crap. Yeah, a week from today. Shoot. <laughs> so I, so I guess it's safe to say we won't be recording next week? I mean, unless you guys want to record on, like, Tuesday. I don't even know if I'll have time on Tuesday. Unless you want it to be like because I, I leave Wednesday morning, so I'll be I'll be done after that. Unless you want to talk to me in Sanford Stadium when I have my cap and gown on in the middle of a speech <laughs> from the swim and dive coach from UGA. Give us a live a live experience. Live stream recapping MLS Cup from oh man, you, I could like bring like you guys along the stage with me when I walk. <laughs> that would be killer content. I think we should do that. That'd be hilarious. Uh, but yeah, I guess we're not doing a podcast next week, but. Hopefully the week after that we'll have something cooking. Drew, are you done? Everything? It's just now having to walk across a stage that's left of your university experience? I have one more assignment due the 13th, which is Monday, I think. I could technically do it now if I wanted to, but I'm pushing it off because why would I do that? So I have one more assignment. I turned in a final I had a final this morning, which is why we didn't record yesterday. I was studying way too late because that's just how it works, I think. Um, so I have one assignment left, and that is it. But I will be still doing Georgia football stuff, so it won't really be over. So I will finish school Monday, graduate Friday, and hopefully we'll be in Miami, Florida on New Year's Eve. Hopefully watching Georgia beat Michigan, and then hopefully we'll be in Indianapolis on January 10th to hopefully see Georgia win a national championship. See, Drew, you and I are different because I remember uh, hanging out with my friends kind of. It was basically a party, but it wasn't really a party. And I had my laptop out doing my last assignment so that I could just be done with school. And I knew as soon as I shut that laptop, because this is, you know, same deal. It's like a week in advance. Like I'm sitting there on the couch. Everybody's like hanging out, having a good time. And I'm like, I'm finishing up my last thing ever. But as soon as I was done, I got to celebrate. I was like, that's it, guys. I'm out of here. You two are so unorganized. Why are, you, why are you coming after me? That was like, <laughs> like three years ago. I'm, I did my time. <laughs> I served my sentence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. I could never do that. That would kill me. I, I have to get stuff done ahead of time. But other than that, how is everything else going, Drew? Because come January 10th, You'll have nothing to do. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Still applying for jobs. I did one of those today. I've had a couple of interviews, and that's always stressful and fun. But the ball is rolling. We keep moving. We keep living. So it's going. Hopefully by January 10th, I will at least have something to do following, hopefully, again, a national championship, because that'd be pretty sick. Were one of those applications for the new opening at RB Leipzig? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm overqualified for that position, having an MLS podcast. I don't think, <laughs> I think I'm not in the feeder clubs. I'm in the Giants. So, no, I have not spent my time applying to that small club in Germany. Well, there, the man that was just fired from there, uh, Mr. Jesse Marsh, had experience in MLS. He had experience at Salzburg and then experience at RB Leipzig. And... Well, hopefully that experience comes in handy because he's now out of work. Uh, I guess the best way of putting this is it didn't go to plan. Um, he didn't exactly kill it, but what do each of you think of his tenure? 
at Leipzig. Do you think there are positives that can really be taken away from that? Or was that really just a failure from the get-go? I don't know if I would say it's a failure from the get-go. Um, I think there's a cool... I mean, when it happened, right, I think a lot of the talk was that there was an American managing in the Bundesliga, and this club, while traditionally, I mean, they're not like a Bayern or a Dortmund, they're consistently up there. I think they finished in the top five, I feel like, every season. Um, seeing them up there, yeah, finished uh, second last season, finished third the year before that. So they're consistently kind of a powerhouse. Um, they haven't won the league or anything like that, and this is a club that has Champions League aspirations. But this season, the recent run they've been on, they are currently in 11th out of 18th. So they're below halfway through the table. They're not in relegation zone or anything like that. But, I mean, they're far. They're behind some clubs that they should not be behind as Bayern, again, is running away with the Bundesliga. Um, so I would consider it a total failure. I think this season's just, you know, managers eventually just run out of time, and this has been a rough stretch for him. So I wouldn't say it's a total failure because last season they had a good year. Um, obviously, this club, you have Champions League aspirations. They did not get out of the group last season. I think they got one of those playoff matches. They were third in their group last year behind PSG and Man City. Um, so I wouldn't say a total failure, but I think it just ran its course. Really, that's how I view his tenure, and we'll see where he goes. But, yeah, not a total failure for me, but definitely ran its course. And this season, I think, has been showing that as they are currently – not doing too hot sitting in 11th out of 20, 18 teams. Do you think MLS could be in his future now that he's out of work? LAFC obviously now have an opening uh, with Bob Bradley joining TFC. Do you think that could make a little bit of sense? I say yes. I don't know what Josh feels about it, but I think it is like almost guaranteed. I would be all for it inject it into my veins i'm for it josh are you for it or against jesse marsh <laughs> i mean it would be fun to have him back in mls just because he did so well uh during his time here not not the montreal time but after that with red bulls um i don't know though i don't think he's coming back not for a while i think he's gonna stay over in europe uh, i think if you're i mean just just because he didn't do well with leipzig doesn't mean you know i don't think he can do well anywhere else I don't think you can discount the success he had with Salzburg, although, you know, it's a little bit different there just because that club is so far ahead of every other team in Austria. I mean, that's just kind of how it works over there. Uh, but I'm personally, I'm frustrated. I don't know if we'd call it a failure necessarily. It stings as an American. We finally have this coach over there that's in this like pretty prestigious uh, coaching position, especially compared to the other American coaches out there. And so for it to not work out like this um, is really unfortunate. What really, really bothered me is the sporting director slash GM of Red Bull Leipzig saying it wasn't a good fit. Um, but here we are, we're only four months into the season, and now you're finding out it's not a good fit? Um, well, actually, that's not the case. He said multiple times over the last couple months that it's not a good fit. Uh, so why did you hire him in the first place? And apparently even Jesse Marsh said, I don't think I'm a good fit. And yet... He still took the job. They still hired him. So that part is extremely frustrating um, as someone who wanted to see Marsh have success and thought he would have success. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. It's a it's a business at the end of the day. He wasn't getting results, and so now he's gone. But uh, I, I, 
I don't even think he'd be good at LAFC, by the way, with the way that roster is currently constructed, because I assume he'd want to play the same way he's had all of his teams play over the last few years. Could you guys see LAFC pressing like Red Bulls? I just don't know if they have the player personnel for it. I mean, you expect Carlos Vela to... It's the same thing Man United are about to go through, because... They have Cristiano Ronaldo, and everybody says, oh, this guy's not going to run. But you do think Ralph Rognick, the guy who created Gegenpressing, you think he's going to back down off of his own ideology? No, he's not. So I don't think Jesse Marsh would back down on his ideology in terms of you know having someone like Carlos Vela press. So, and I don't know if he wants to do that uh, or if all the players want to do that. But speaking of Manchester United and the greatest American coach of all time, it's not Jesse Marsh. It's the guy who replaced Jesse Marsh in New York Red Bulls. Connor's favorite coach so of all time in Toronto. To date. Exactly. We should know. <laughs> yeah, Chris Armis, the guy who blew it in 2018 with the New York Red Bulls and the one time never pressed Atlanta United and got smashed, is now an assistant coach at the Manchester United under Ralph Rongnick. Um this has been very interesting. It's kind of a meme, I think, among uh, MLS fans because they've seen like what Chris Armas has done the last couple of years. And, you know, it should be noted that an assistant position is not the same as a head coach or a manager. But what do you guys make of this move? Chris Armas, an assistant, Ralph Rongnick. I know Connor is beside himself in you terms said, of okay, trying no, to no, understand no. what this is. They said he's good with people. This is the same guy who outlawed <laughs> Josie Altidore. Uh, now, uh, Jer- and you think he's going to be able to deal with Cristiano Ronaldo's personality? Josie's no, no, uh, you know, uh, good Samaritan. He's no perfect uh, uh, person when it comes to you know his personality. He can certainly rub some people the wrong way. So I don't think it's necessarily all on Armis. But you're 100 percent right in that. This I don't know why they're calling him a people person. I agree with you. It's not like the Toronto players were overly fond of him or anything. I, I can't wrap my head around United's reasoning behind this. Like, I get he's got a relationship with Ragnick, but he's not a good manager. Like, maybe he is a good assistant coach. Maybe. I don't know if I'd put him in that role right away. This is, as I said, a guy who quite literally outlawed a club legend for TFC. And here he is going to deal with another club legend at Manchester United in Cristiano Ronaldo. Like, it's not going to go well. I can't see this going well. If it does, all power to him. But I would be shocked if this isn't a total failure, honestly. Drew, you're less biased. What do you think of Armis at United? <laughs> when I got the notification, I was like, this isn't real. What the heck is going on? Like, you get your phone vibration, you're like, oh, what did Bleacher Report tell me today? And you see the words Chris Armis and Manchester United in the same sentence. Like, <laughs> something's going on. This is not This is not right. I don't know how, because I feel like when I'm looking at, okay, when you look at TFC, you look at Chris Armis, obviously a league legend, um, building that really good team with Red Bull, winning the Shield, but obviously blowing it like we've talked about millions of times against LA United. And you have another league legend like Josie Altidore. When those two things are clashing heads, I feel like there's this tendency for Armis to kind of use his MLS resume as a I'm right type mentality. But in this situation, he does not have like anywhere near the resume that Cristiano Ronaldo has, obviously. 
So I feel like if anything happens between, and not just Ronaldo, I mean, all these guys are massive European players. They probably all have kind of big egos, but we're going to focus on Ronaldo because he's probably the biggest athlete ego in the world. Um, if Chris Arbus is just like one thing wrong to make Ronaldo mad, I feel like he's just done and it's just going to slip under the rug. Like he's not that big of a deal. He's not that important. So if anything goes wrong, I'm not sure. I mean, we'll hear about it because we're MLS fans and we, well, I guess people want to see this guy do well because that would just be a fun story seeing an MLS coach do well at one of the biggest clubs in the world. But if this doesn't work out, then I think the rest of the world is just going to not even know about it, to be quite honest. But they might know about it just because it's an MLS failure and they love seeing the narrative, oh, MLS sucks, MLS sucks compared to Europe. So I just don't think he's that big of a deal. And if anything goes wrong, I think he's just going to leave. Like, they're going to let him go. I don't think they're hurting for money or anything as far as his contract goes. So I don't think... I don't really think anything's going to happen with this. I mean, I think he's going to be in a situation where, because of the size of this club, he's kind of just going to force himself into, like, making this work. Like, I'm not sure you don't get much better than an assistant for Man U. So in this situation, he's probably going to give a little more leeway to, okay, like... I'm coaching Cristiano Ronaldo here. Like, I can sacrifice a little of my ego here. So I think it's going to go fine. I honestly don't think we're going to talk about it again for a very long time, to be honest with you. I think it's a cool thing, and then it'll, it'll die down in a couple of weeks unless he does something stupid and, like, pisses off Ronaldo, which then he'll get fired. But How long does it take for him to piss off Cristiano Ronaldo and get fired? What's the over-under here? That's a good one. How many, how many weeks... Does he last a season? He's going to be fine. He's not going to piss off Cristiano Ronaldo. Do we know, like, what his exact position is? Like, what if he's just not even going to mess with Ronaldo at all? I, to my understanding, he'll be helping run training. He'll do sessions with them. Oh, so he's, yeah, yeah. The main reason they hired him is because he's good with people. <laughs> so he's man use HR guy? Is that what I'm hearing? He's the PR specialist for Man United training. Oh, no, this is not going to go well. I have no idea, but let's go to another player who came from MLS. Um, or, I don't know, that was the worst transition ever. <laughs> Alfonso Davies got an assist in the UCL against Barcelona, uh, making Dest look like an absolute fool, who is terrible, I might add. Uh, and Jonathan David scored another goal in the UCL. So there is your UCL update. Christian Pulisic uh, oh. got an assist as well. Christian Pulisic did get an assist as a right wing back, right? I did not watch the game. I just got the FOB bomb notification. Probably, although to be fair, the wing backs are the most important players in Thomas Tuchel's system. So you can try to make it sound like a bad thing, but it might actually be a good thing. Well, no, I'm just trying to point out the fact that he wasn't playing as a winger. He was playing as a fullback, which is interesting. Yeah. Uh, as, you know, with his injury history, like, any minutes is good at this point. Play him, play him as goalkeeper, I don't care. He just needs to be on the field. He needs to be getting minutes and uh, not being injured. Well, I was not trying to make that sound like a bad thing, uh, but he did get a goal so or assist, so good for him. Um, he's half as good as Canadians. Let's talk about MLS because we're an MLS-based podcast. Uh, and where do we even want to start? Let's start with Carlos Hill being named Landon Donovan MLS MVP. All right, let's move on. Wait, hold MLS on. Wait, 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 wait. wait. 
Okay, it okay. took me a second to look this up, but I had a feeling it was wrong. Uh, when Davies got his assist, Serginho Dest wasn't even on the field. You jerk. Okay, but he also dusted Serginho Dest, if you didn't see the video. Okay, yes, but that's not what you said. You said he made him look like a fool. And while that well, is... Yeah, a, yeah but you're game. implying that it was because of Dest that the goal got scored. That's just not... Okay, I just want to no, be clear here. We're reporting facts. We are a reputable <laughs> journalistic source. And therefore, we need to be... Yeah, that's what we're known for. <laughs> that's what we're known for, Fact Josh. checkers. MLS not idiotic opinions also, that... Also, just a matter of American pride. I'm not going to let you... <laughs> with your, with your little dig, your little Canada's better subliminal messaging well, there. <laughs> look, Richie Larea is a better fullback. Let's move on. Okay, yes. <laughs> <laughs> MLS announced a revamped Rooney rule, uh, which is a good thing. The changes were led by MLS Executive uh, Vice President and Chief Diversity, uh, Equity, and Inclusion Officer Shola Whitley, who uh, we talked about a while ago on the podcast, uh, the previous rule required just one diverse, in quotes, candidate to be interviewed at any stage in the interview process. Uh, the new rule stipulates that it must include at least two candidates from underrepresented uh, groups in the finalist pool for coaching or front office roles and is... Uh, in effect for MLS clubs, MLS Next Pro, and MLS Next Youth Academies should also add one of those people, I believe, has to be black, too. So what do you guys think about the Rooney Rule? Obviously, it's positive the MLS is trying to become more diverse, uh, but do you think it's enough to actually see change in the league? I... I think it's awesome. Uh, I think this is one of the more progressive changes to the Rooney rule we've seen across any sports leagues. I do believe the NFL updated theirs in the last year or so, but it was definitely not as much change as this one from MLS. So that's really exciting. One of my favorite parts about this, honestly, is one of my favorite journalists, uh, he covers a lot of sports over at ESPN. He's not really specific to one. Um, but um, he wrote about MLS's new Rooney Rule over on Undefeated. Highly encourage you guys to check that out from uh, uh, Clinton Yates is the journalist. But it's fun because he doesn't talk about soccer much, although he is a fan. Um, and so to see him praise the new Rooney Rule was really exciting uh, to kind of see that and uh, see my interest kind of mix a little bit. So uh, to me, I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, but also... I mean, you can tell that this was really collaborative on MLS's part, working with not only Shola Winley, but also the Black Players for Change. Um, that was a, a really key part of this as well. So I think it's really exciting. As for, you know, changes down the road, I'm going to assume it does. I think what's really important about this is that it extends all throughout the clubs and MLS Next Pro and MLS Next. It's not just up at the club level and I saw someone on Twitter actually pointed out, I think on uh, Clinton Yates's article, but th their problem is not so much with MLS, even though there is an issue of underrepresentation, but also in college, in the lower leagues, in USL, there's a lot of underrepresentation in those other leagues as well. So it looks like this is going to really affect things in a very blanket sense, um, which I think should bring about some significant change over the next few years. 
Yeah, I'm on the same board as that. Obviously, it's kind of a wait-and-see type thing because you can implement rules, you can implement all these policies, but is it actually going to work? But, yeah, it's a positive change, I think. Um, like Josh was mentioning, I think the NFL was the one that just instituted this rule at all um, years ago, and now we're seeing it being applied to MLS and things like that. And, yeah, I'm not sure the number of black coaches or just coaches of people of color in the league, but it's definitely not enough. Um, and we talked about that a little bit when we talked about within Kosi when he came on, so that was a super two um, black coaches here in the league. So that's obviously not good when you have so many teams and the league is constantly growing. That number almost seems to be shrinking or not growing at all. Um, and we know, I mean, there's tons of people of color that would be phenomenal at this position. That's one of the cool things about soccer is that it's by far the most diverse sport in the world. So saying you can only find two black head coaches, not really buying on that. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a good rule for the league. Um, we'll see how it gets developed because lots going on. Coaches come in and out all the time. We've talked about, I think, manager openings every podcast for the past month now, I feel like. So not like there's going to be any shortage of opportunities for this rule to impact the league. But, yeah, all good things. And we'll see what happens because you can make rules, but if they don't actually get executed, it doesn't really mean a whole lot. And... Josh, you just mentioned MLS Next Pro, uh, which is brand new. Uh, it has been officially announced it's going to be a third-tier league for MLS. It's going to initially include 20 MLS second teams, as well as Rochester New York FC, uh, which was formerly the Rochester Rhinos, and is part-owned by Leicester City striker Jamie Vardy, which is very interesting. Uh, the remaining clubs will join the following year in 2023, Apart from Club de Foot de Montreal um, and Nashville, too, apparently. Uh, I didn't realize they were not included either. Uh, they're going to, with at least with Montreal, they're going to continue to assess whether or not this is the right move for them. But, yeah. What do you guys think about the MLS and X Pro League? Do you think this is sort of death to USL in a sense? Honestly, I have no idea. <laughs> this is such a confusing thing just with tiers and everything like that. I know that's been the main question, right? What does this mean for USL? Because you have, I think I saw a stat, USL for, um, as far as size goes, number of teams, I think USL might be the biggest league in the world. If not, it's up there because there's, I'm going to pull it up right now, but there's a freaking lot of teams. And a lot of those teams are these Atlanta United 2, Orlando City Bs, and things like that. So that's like the interesting kind of what happens with those guys. Um, because I feel like USL is so confusing, right? You have these Atlanta United 2 teams that really at the end of the day, I'm not really sure their purpose is to win the league. It's to develop players so they can go on and play for the first team and win MLS Cup. But then you have teams like Louisville City, you know, FC Tulsa, OKC Energy, who their main their entire focus is to profit make money win the league and just dominate usl so it's just this weird like different levels of teams in that and i think this might help if usl does stay i think the usl is such a cool soccer product in this country these fans are wild they're crazy louisville city games are nuts that stadium is phenomenal so we need clubs like that in the country so i hope it doesn't really affect the usl i'm not really sure if it will or not um but I think it could be a good thing, you know, if you have these MLS youth academies, so to speak, or just younger teams, less division teams, uh, 
because at the end of the day, they're there just to produce talent for the first team. So if they can kind of be in their own bubble doing that while these massive USL clubs are there competing, trying to win, I think it could work. Um, but again, there's a lot of questions about it, and you have teams not joining, which is kind of weird. Um, I know Nashville is still a pretty young organization, so that academy definitely still is growing and getting there. As far as Montreal goes, I don't really know, but we'll see a lot. A lot's going on, but I think it, I think it could work for sure. Josh, what do you think about the effect on the USL? I don't think it's really going to have much of an effect. I kind of look at this MLS Next Pro as sort of our version of Premier League 2, which is the way the Premier League has their reserve teams. I think they're U23 teams. and um, but, but then, you know, that exists outside of the EFL and the championship and League 1 and League 2. And so I, I think that's kind of the path that we're headed towards um, as far as the way soccer is going to work here in North America. One thing that was really interesting... Don Garber was talking about this a lot in his State of the Union address um, as part of some MLS media obligations for MLS Cup this week up in Portland. But he was saying that at the end of the day, they're just excited that there's so much professional soccer in the U.S. They're not really focused on taking away any of that. The main focus here, I think, is how do you connect the MLS next youth academies and MLS clubs. And this is MLS's answer to that. Whether or not it affects USL, I I really don't think so. I think USL still offers an opportunity for players that want to play professional soccer, but maybe don't want to do MLS. Maybe they, you know, they kind of realize that they don't, you know, that they might not make it into MLS. They might not make it with an MLS team. And so they would rather just apply their trade in USL. Whereas with, MLS Next Pro, I think it's going to be more so, do you want an MLS team to look directly at you? Well, then try to get on their MLS Next Pro team, and it's just an easier foot into the door. Um, so I, I don't necessarily think it'll affect USL, but I am really interested to see how it helps streamline that process. Also, because MLS Next Youth Academies is pretty new. It's only been around for like a year and a half. And so, we, you know, again, this is kind of another wait and see sort of answer where I think it's going to be a little bit before we see what sort of effects this new streamlined process has, but it's going to be interesting for sure. And speaking of USL, this is literally five minutes ago from Jeff Reuter. Austin Bold officially has new ownership. Uh, Sources tell The Athletic, the group led by Donnie Nelson will take the 2022 USL championship season off as it, actively looks for a new home in Texas. I think he meant we'll kick the 2022 USL championship season off as it actively looks for a new home in Texas. No, but they're saying they're not coming out this year. What? That's what they're taking off the season. Oh. Like they're taking the season off. Like they can't do the season. That's what? that's how I oh, would okay. interpret that. Interesting. Unfortunately, because they're looking for a new home in Texas, which is probably why they can't play. Huh? So maybe it is affecting the USL more than we realize. Well, (laughs) I don't know if that has anything to do with MLS next pro. For example, I don't know if you guys know this, but Austin bold, they play their soccer games or they did play their soccer games over at circuit of the Americas, which is where F one holds their F one race. 
in the United States, it's the track is big enough to where there's a soccer field in it, as well as an amphitheater for concerts right next door. It's huge. It's like three miles. Um, so I guess I would assume that something like, you know, a contract has run out. They couldn't agree on something. Maybe it was too costly for the club. And since they're not paired with, you know, any sort of MLS club, they could be running into trouble in that area. Interesting. Well, that just broke as we were recording. Uh, but let's finish off our MLS news because we do need to talk about the games last weekend and this weekend. Uh, well, game this weekend. Uh, but big news that broke yesterday was Lewis Morgan is going to be traded to New York Red Bulls for $1.2 million in GAM because I don't think TAM exists anymore. Am I the only one who's surprised at that fee and thinks that's way too much money for Lewis Morgan? I think I'm with you. When you look at his stats, this does not jump out as a guy you spend a million dollars on last season. Played starting 34 games, two goals, four assists. I will say that was as a wing back. Yeah. But not, I don't know. When I see Lewis Morgan play, I don't. Because we have on the dock here, right, Walker Zimmerman, Darlington Nagby for a mill. And those are two dudes that change teams and win championships, right? Walker, back-to-back MLS defender of the year. We know what Darlington Nagby can do in this league. He's been doing it for years and years. He's won three MLS Cups now with Atlanta, Portland, and Columbus. Um, And those guys, that's a million dollars. Those are million-dollar players in my mind, guys that you know are going to change franchises when they get on the field. I don't, Lewis Morgan doesn't scream out, oh, now you're an MLS Cup contender for the Red Bulls. Um, so I think, I think it's too much. I think he's a good player, but 1.2 mil, eh, I don't know about that one. Josh, what do you think about Lewis Morgan heading to New York? Uh, I'm with Drew in that compared to Nagby and Zimmerman, it's too much. But I do think it could end up turning out like really good. Red Bull. Uh, yeah, he played a lot of this past season as a wing back, and that was in Phil Neville's, you know, 3 5 2 uh, system. But when it was Diego Alonso the year before, and it was, uh, I think it was a 4 2 3 1 or 4 3 3, and Morgan was playing on the wing, he had a really good season. He was their best player by far. And I think maybe he was kind of used out of position this past year. So it could be, it could end up being a steal for Red Bull. Because what's the thing that we have that you know, Nagby and Zimmerman have in common, they were a million, but in hindsight, they're worth a lot more than that. So maybe Red Bull has decided, okay, you know, we're going to have to up the price if we want to secure them. And that's another thing. They were not the only club after Lewis Morgan. And it seems pretty obvious based on some sourcing from MLS media that Miami made it known they were going to move Lewis Morgan, and that's not a surprise considering all the sanctions are going to be hitting them really hard this upcoming year now that they've lost a bunch of allocation money. So they need more. They need more allocation money. And uh, this just seems like a deal that's going to benefit both sides here. Do you, let's say this like works out perfectly. Do you think the fee is still justified? And by that I mean, do you think they could have gotten him for less? Like, if Lewis Morgan kills it, right, he becomes a phenomenal player, Red Bulls finally win MLS Cup, and he's, like, putting the team on his back. 
do you think there was still a way they could have gotten him for less than 1.2 mil? Like, if he's, like, a good draft pick, right, you draft him, like, first overall, and he kills it, but you could have got him in the third round. You see what I'm saying? Could they have gotten him for less? So do you think that'll always be a part of this deal? I don't think so, just because, again, there was competition for it, and it sounded like Red Bull was very adamant, we want this guy, so we'll pay, you know, basically whatever it takes, and Miami's going to take the highest bidder at that point because of, you know, their need for money. So I don't know. I think if he gets at least uh, 15 goal involvements this upcoming season, 2022, I think that's a fair deal. Um, And especially on a team like Red Bull where they have no scorers right now. Like there's no consistent players scoring for them. So this fills a need in that sense because this is a guy that can score in MLS when used in the right place, used in the right position. Was it the only transfer potentially happening though? Uh, Steven Goff is reporting that Sebastian Legette uh, could be headed to New England Revolution. My only note from that is I guess we know where the Tajon game is going uh, because I have a feeling Legette will not be cheap. Would that be likely? Or do you think he could be cheap considering the suspension he had last season? Um. I don't know. I, since we haven't heard much of anything about that since then, I don't think that's really going to play a factor in this. I think it's more so Legette wants playing time. He recognizes that this is a World Cup year coming up. He hasn't had a very good couple of outings with the United States men's national team recently. He's kind of got to, you know, up his stock a bit. The only thing also should be noted, there are other teams that are interested in Legette. It's not just the New England Revolution, although it seems likely that he'll go there because of his connection with Bruce Arena when Arena was with the Galaxy. Speaking of, we were talking about it before we were recording, but excellent video out there of a fan who somehow, an LA Galaxy fan, who somehow got Bruce Arena's number, gave old Brucey a call and said, please don't take Sebastian Legette away from the LA Galaxy. Also, the kid started off by saying, thank you for everything you did for the Galaxy, but... <laughs> Don't take legit from us. So it's very funny. Arena handled that call like a champ, but you can tell he had no idea it was coming. <laughs> what did he even say? Uh, Bruce Arena? He just kind of answered it. The kid was like, is this Bruce Arena? And he said, yes, it is. And then the kid like explains who he is and how, you know, like I said, thanks for everything you did for the Galaxy, Bruce, but please don't take Sebastian Legette away. And Bruce was like, I can't say anything about that. Thank you for the call and hung up. <laughs> it was, That's... It, you guys should really watch it. It's only like a minute, but it is, well, I just, it's very obviously Bruce Arena. Like there's no doubt about it that it's, that it's him. And it's just such a funny interaction. Just makes me feel uncomfortable. Oh, you, and you, you Go said on. you haven't even watched it, right? Like with sound on. Yeah. You should. <laughs> I don't know if I want to after that one, but, <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I hate that. Let's take a break. We're going to take a quick ad break, um, and we'll be right back uh, after also, this quick break. Carlos, No, Carlos, we already talked about it. Wait, we did? Yes, we did. I wasn't paying attention. I'm sorry. <laughs> Clearly. I made one point of it that he, that was our first point. That Carlos Heel won the Landon Donovan yep. MLS MVP. Totally we missed that. Fish meme one more time. <laughs> do we really? Do you really want to talk about it? No, 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 no. I, I just, 
I didn't. I missed it. Honestly, I missed you saying. It. I'm sorry. I apologize. Okay. Good. Pay attention. <laughs> it's not like I've been scrolling Twitter this entire time. We'll be back after this quick break <laughs> to talk MLS Cup preview and MLS Conference Finals. Uh, being something is the best way I'll put it. But we'll be right back. And we're back. Going to talk conference finals from this past weekend. Going to talk some MLS Cup final coming up less than 24 hours away now as we record this. Very, very exciting. Uh, So we'll start with Saturday's game. Portland hosted RSL. Ended up winning 2-0 thanks to goals from Felipe Mora, I believe, was the first goal. Second goal was definitely Santiago Moreno. I do remember that. Uh, First goal was kind of a... It's a poor clearance on part of Adrian Brody. And then it got uh, poked home from Mora. I think it was his first start in a while as well. So that was pretty impressive on his end. Uh, And then, like I said, Moreno scored that second goal later in from outside the box or on the edge of the box, hit the post, hit David Ochoa's back poetically enough, and then went into the goal. Uh, I think both of you guys said you weren't able to watch this game. Drew, you had uh, Georgia football, Connor, I think you had school stuff or other normal weekend things instead of subjecting yourself to a Portland RSL soccer game on a Saturday. Uh, Me being the degenerate that I am, uh, even while I was teaching, I pulled my iPad up and put the game on and had it going so I could follow along and see what was going on. Uh, I picked RSL to win this game like a fool. I really, I really talked myself into it and let myself believe. Uh, I think Drew, did you cop out and pick a draw, if I remember correctly, from our last episode? And then I think Connor picked Portland to win 2-1 to one or something like that, if I remember correctly. So how, what do you guys think about Portland making it? Uh, I think the biggest news from this, they did it without Sebastian Blanco, which was Im- impressive. But also, Portland gets to host its first ever MLS Cup. This is like Soccer City USA. This is a, one of the most important soccer cities in North America, especially considering there aren't many professional teams in that city. They love the Timbers. What do you guys make of them advancing to MLS Cup? Um, also, Drew, congrats on picking them for making MLS Cup from the get-go. Also, seven years in a row now, Seattle or Portland have been in the finals, so that's uh, another little fun fact for you guys. And I think that covers all the fun facts. Go ahead, Connor. I just want to interject and say that Portland do, in fact, have multiple professional sports teams. Yes, yeah, I just said they don't have a lot. Three, yeah, it's just the three, if I'm not mistaken. Two of which are soccer teams. Mm-hmm. And then four. four of them. They got a hockey team that we don't know about. Portland Winter Hawks. Ah, okay, there you go. Like I said, what never heard of that? them. Either. They're <laughs> AHL or WHL. Let me look this up. You don't even know which league is they're that in, Connor. Professional. Uh, AHL is definitely professional. I think they're WHL. But they not be minor league to the NHL. They're technically kind of paid. Well, minor league so, players are played. Well, what is, let's define professional. Professional okay. means you get paid to do what you do. Okay. They and do they get a multiple. very, very small salary, like 500 bucks a game, if that. Um, so, Or maybe even a season. I can't remember what the salary thing is I now, wish I got 500 bucks every a game of game. soccer I played. That would be awesome. Yes, these are also 16-year-old kids who have the potential to get draft 
it. Are you saying that I don't I'm have the struggling. potential to get drafted, Connor? You're That's insulting exactly me right now. No, you don't. You're insulting me. You're, <laughs> yeah, he is. You're 25 years old, Josh. Actually, you I'm 26, but thanks. That's 26. even worse. That's, yeah. It is even you worse. You are not 16. I'm very aware. You are a decade <laughs> older than the kids on that team. All right, all right. Shh. Okay. <laughs> all right, now that we've ripped into Josh, uh, I was incredibly unsurprised that Portland won this game because RSL aren't very good. <laughs> and the fact that they made it this far is a minor miracle. Um, yeah, they did it without Blanco, who actually was pretty close to playing. So... Good for them, I guess. Uh, and hopefully he'll be there for tomorrow's game, or as you're listening to this, potentially today. So, yeah. I have nothing else to add to that. <laughs> Honestly, Portland deserved to win. Portland won. Just result. Drew, did you watch this game? That was a negative. I was in Mercedes-Benz Stadium watching Georgia get ripped to shreds, much like a JV high school team. Um, but I think... The biggest thing about Portland making it was the biggest question about them, right, was their defense. They had allowed, like, one of the most goals out of playoff teams. Granted, six of those came at once in that smacking in Seattle. But shut out RSL, shut out Colorado, only allowed one to Minnesota. They're getting hot at the right time. Everyone's talking about Blanco. He may or may not be there available on Saturday um, is he going to be a starter is he going to come off the bench if he comes off the bench at what time does he come off the bench so Portland's really just shown up um, this is the second game in a row they've played that someone has got a red card which I think is quite hysterical against Colorado it was one of their own and then RSL got a red card so yeah Portland's defense is really showing up that was their biggest question heading into the postseason and now like you said they're at home um, the last four I think I saw last four MLS Cup winners won it at home um, so it's good especially everyone's been talking about the weather in Portland it's gonna be rainy it's gonna be cold that stadium obviously is gonna be packed out like we've talked about they love the timbers they love the thorns Providence Park is always wild every time they play so it's looking good um, get that game it's RSL at home so not really surprised RSL phenomenal run like you said kind of a miracle run that everyone was just along to see after squeaking into the playoffs on literally the last kick of their season but to get to the Western Conference final I think if you had said that before the season started you had been looked at pretty crazy so really good run for RSL exciting stuff but Portland I think like you said they're just a better team um, and that showed up against RSL and we'll see if it shows up again against NYCFC because that is I'm very excited about this final very two different styles of playing um and we'll see if they do it again josh i assume you watched this game i think you said you did didn't you i did okay again short-term <laughs> memory is terrible yeah yeah well it is very obvious energy is an all-time low right now between the three of us yeah this, this is the last time used to recording was say, 5 p.m on a friday yeah this like, is the last time we do this on a friday evening not a not a good time yeah. of the week <laughs> as our brains slowly transition into weekend brain uh yes i did watch the portland rsl game as much as i could follow along i mean like you guys have said portland's a better team they deserved it i'm more excited for them like i said to be hosting mls cup it's going to be a party um you know they're definitely going to do it right and it looks like nycfc is going to have close to 2,000 people i think it is uh, but either way they're going to have a pretty strong turnout uh already lots of talk about Big groups of NYC FC fans flying across the country already uh, setting up in Portland. So that's really, really cool. Um, 
yeah, it's it's going to be so much fun. I'm I'm going to be really jealous of anybody that gets to go to that game tomorrow. Um, even for teams that I don't really care about at the end of the day, just that atmosphere alone is going to make it worth it for whoever's in attendance. So really, really exciting stuff. Uh, not the only final from this past weekend. Obviously, the other big one was Eastern Conference final on Sunday between Philadelphia Union, who hosted NYCFC. Um, we do know, obviously, NYCFC advanced. They won two to one thanks to. Was it Maxi Morales who scored the first goal? I can't remember who scored the first goal. Ooh. I think it was Maxi uh, Morales. Let me, let me look very quickly. Either way, it happened uh, within two minutes of Philadelphia Union's opening goal, which was an own goal. So congrats to NYC, NYCFC for scoring three goals on the day, even though you put one of them in your own net. Um, did a good job of shutting out the Philadelphia Union. You were right. It was Maxi Morales. Boom. Actually, it was... Maximiliano Morales, which why don't we call him Maximiliano? That's a mouthful, my friend. That's a mouthful. Maximiliano is a lot of a lot of syllables to put in there. Lots of M's. That's a great name. Maximiliano Morales. So many M's. You're right, Drew. Um, and then uh, the final goal was scored by Talos Magna, young Brazilian player signed uh, back in the spring, who hasn't played a ton this year, but a good impact from him on the bench. Um, the big news from this game, though, was not the game itself or really NYCFC winning. No, it was the fact that Philadelphia had a whole starting lineups worth of players missing from this game because of a COVID outbreak at probably the worst time of the season or the second worst time of the season. Um, if it had been this upcoming week for them, if they'd made the final, uh, they were missing players like their starting back line and starting goalkeeper, Andre Blake, uh, Jakob Glesnes, who seems to be the only player that can score for them. Jack Elliott, their other center back, Kai Wagner, their starting left back. Um, Alvis Powell, who had just started at right back. Their backup goalkeeper, Joe Bednick. Uh, they were missing... Who was the other big player? Um, they were missing Sergio Santos, although that's not a big deal because he doesn't know how to score. Uh, so they weren't missing him. Corey Burke was another player that didn't make it. I am blanking on one other like really important midfielder, but I can't remember who it is. Off- oh, Alejandro Bedoya. Duh, their captain. They were also missing their captain. My favorite thing from this game is the fact that they started Aurelian Collin at center back, a man who had not appeared in, not not started, this man had not played in an MLS game in over two years. People thought he was retired. People didn't know he was still, I didn't know he was still in the league. I thought he was done, but he was not. He still plays soccer because he just started a conference final in his first game in two years. I know you guys didn't really get to see the game because of other things, but what do you make of Philly putting up such a fight, narrowly uh, narrowly losing? I will say this as someone who watched the game. The scoreline is as close as the game indicated. Philly really did hang in there for a long time, uh, but it just wasn't to be, obviously, if they're missing players. So what do you guys make of something like that? I did actually catch like the end of the game uh, after buying a new chair, which I'm sitting in. Um, but... I thought NYCFC looked fine. I would have liked them to have looked more dominant. The one thing that stuck out to me, though, the only starting player in their back line was the one who made the mistake that led to Magno's goal. Um, so that's not a good thing, and that's not a good sign. But, yeah, I think Philly were just trapped between... I love, I love this analogy, but a rock and a hard place. They had nowhere to go. They couldn't really do much, but they did hang in there. And I think that's commendable, but what are you expected to do when you're missing an entire starting 
lineup, including your starting goalkeeper and your backup goalkeeper. Like, it's hard. It's really, really hard. But NYC FC deserved it, and we're going to get to see either them or Portland hosted a, or placed MLS Cup tomorrow. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't think you can take much away from this as being something negative for uh, Philly. I think this is a game they ultimately have to look back on and say, we couldn't have really done anything else. Yeah, I think you're talking about the score line, the expected goals in this game, NYCFC 1.68 and Philadelphia 0.67. So just keeping up with that, 2-1 was pretty deserved, although NYCFC did score every goal. Um, yeah, I think... I mean, Philadelphia, that's just tough luck, right? Um, obviously, we're just still dealing with this. Um, it's not over. So just having to, you know, deal with the hand you've been given, which is tough. But I think, I mean, looking at Philadelphia, there's a lot of guys that just got really valuable minutes in this game. I mean, they're playing against a really good team in a very tense atmosphere. Obviously, a winner go home, Eastern Conference final. Um, so maybe that could prove to be very beneficial to these younger players and these guys. You don't see a whole lot um, in the future. But, yeah, not a whole lot to say of it. Tough break. Uh, it didn't bounce their way, but they played well. They held their own against one of the best teams in the league. And, yeah, I think this season, you know, you can't really be mad if you're a Union supporter just because everything that happened. Um, but I know, I mean, you're at home. The odds are in your favor. Um, MICFC missing some key pieces as well. But tough luck. They played well, held their own, which I think was a lot better than I think a lot of people expected. I think a lot of people were expecting a 3-0 thrashing or something like that, but Philadelphia played well, held their own 2-1 as a very respectable scoreline, and yeah, it was about a 2-1 close game. So credit Philadelphia for dealing with what they had and putting up a really good fight against a really good team, but just a little short. Let's look forward now, because the big game is tomorrow. Portland, NYCFC. Josh, you love doing these. These are your favorite parts of this podcast what is your prediction for nycfc against the portland timbers it's got to be portland i mean they're playing at home i don't see how they can this reminds me of the seattle toronto mls cup final from two years ago when seattle finally got a chance to host mls cup it kind of felt like they were going to win regardless just because, you know, it was their moment and that city finally got its chance to host. Um, and so I kind of feel the same way for Portland. Uh, NYCFC are a really good team, super talented. I think it'll be a good game. Uh, just looking at the players that will be on the field, that alone is going to make this really fun because there's just so much um, talent, so many superstars. I think having Tati Castellanos back is going to be huge for them. I think they would have looked way better against Philadelphia if he had been on the field. But he's Tati Castellanos, so he wasn't. Um, but yeah, I, I'm going to have to go Portland. I think just having those fans behind them and, and that atmosphere uh, just really feels like it's their chance to hoist an MLS Cup in front of their own fans. Uh, if I have to go with a score, I, I'm going to make it really specific. I'm going to say they win after extra time 2-1. So it'll be 1-1 regular time um, or or nil-nil regular time. And we get three extra time goals, although it is extremely unlikely if these playoffs are any indication. Uh, but I'm going a 2-1 Portland win after extra time. Drew, what about you? What is your prediction? 
So Josh said 2-1 after extra time. Okay, I can't say 2-1. Um, I'm going to say Portland wins because I think they're going to, and that would make me win in another one of my bracket groups after I already dominated you clowns in our MLS Multiplex okay. Bracket Challenge. Wow. <laughs> I suck at fantasy soccer. I have to get my points when I do. Um, it was just aggressive, though. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 2 0. We deserve it, wins. though. I got 2 points. Oh, sorry. 2-0 Portland wins. Their defense stays strong. 2-0. Diego Valeria goes out as a champion, if he is indeed going out. They can't lose in Portland. That's impossible. It's illegal to lose in Portland. The city might explode if they win it in Portland. And it's going to be cold and rainy. No one wants to do that. But that's the Northwest, so they can handle it. And it's not on a baseball field. So I'm not sure if NYCFC can handle it. Portland 2-0 winners. Congrats to your 2021 MLS Cup champs. As I called from the beginning of the season, by the way. You did predict that, didn't you? I predicted a Portland Revolution final. And I was so freaking close. Very close. Very close. That would have been hysterical for multiple reasons. Um, but I I think Portland are going to win, but I'm going to change it up. I think I'm going to go with NYCFC. I think they're going to win 3-1 in regular time. That is my prediction. I'm not confident in that prediction. That's a lot of goals for That is my prediction. Sorry? That's a lot of goals for a final. Yes, it is. I think that was actually the same score line as that TFC Seattle game, no? Uh, yes, I believe so. But they got like a that really late goal, and it was two nothing for most of it because Josie also got that late goal. By the way, don't forget, Connor decided to predict a Philadelphia Union playoff game as a three nothing win. He thought Philadelphia Union would score three goals in a playoff game. The the last goal, the last goal they scored was that uh, stoppage time equalizer against Nashville in the first half. That's the last goal they scored. Look, okay, you got to take risks. <laughs> I know, I love it. I love the high scoring because one of these days we're going to get one of those and you'll be the first person to be right because you're always going for it. We hope. I, I don't see this happening. But that is my prediction and that is our podcast because we don't have any games to watch. We're not going to do Players of the Week and I still can't find the score. Oh, it was 3-1. There you go. Uh, so it is possible, although that team was missing Josie Altador. So, you know... Uh, that was a problem. But do we have anything else we want to add? I guess, Drew, you do your bracket walkthrough. No, 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 no. He How doesn't need uh, He's fine. He won. We know he won. I won. Oh, I don't have the tab pulled up. I'm sorry, guys. I know you're okay. really waiting for me to tell you how I was right the whole season. I'll pull it <clears> up. The whole season? I did All right, poorly so. win. I will bring this podcast back. Hold on. I'll bring it <laughs> there, back one of these days after they win it. There were six teams in the MLS Bracket Challenge. Up top, Sartini Supremacy. Uh, Drew, That's sitting mean, at 125 yeah. points. How many points is MLS Cup worth? A billion. I don't know. 20 Garber well, bucks. Who knows? Uh, but you're sitting up top. Nathan, who I believe is our former site editor... Uh, the Rui Diaz is sitting in second on 75 points. Josh, 
Did you mean to put an A? What? Your bracket name is Josh, comma, A bracket. Nice. That's such a typo. I didn't even know I did it because I haven't looked at my bracket since I filled it out. <laughs> well, there you go. I'm sitting in <laughs> fourth with full up like a heel. Um, <laughs> that was a good one. I love that name. I thought that was genius. You get bonus points for your bracket being named <laughs> after the MVP. You get, you get one of Drew's Garber bucks when... Uh, okay, that's, uh, let's, let's, don't get crazy there, Josh. I don't know <laughs> what you're doing, handing out my Garber bucks. <laughs> CDC's NYC Dream, which was Caitlin sitting in fifth with 40. She's behind me by five. Um, and then bringing up the rear, the Tinker Man, Matt, uh, with 20, who is probably Matt Garza, who has appeared on the podcast before. Um, but yeah, we are not very good at this, but Speak you know, for yourselves. Okay. You got 125 points. First has a hundred, 260. Okay. I'm not great at it. I'm good at it. <laughs> exactly. There we go. Uh, at least you admit that you're not amazing, but that's a podcast. I don't think anybody else has anything they want to add. So I think it's just down to Mr. Hubbard taking us out before he graduates or maybe we'll see if we do an episode next week yes maybe the last time as a college student at the university of georgia and before josh gets to go watch the hawks hopefully rip the brooklyn nets to shreds but yes thank you guys so much for listening as always we really appreciate it thank you guys the whole season for tuning in and like we talked about we will be back uh next maybe next week i don't know we'll see what happens life is crazy right now but we'll be back one of these days to talk about an mls cup champion I bet some crazy crap's going to happen between the offseason and coaching hires. We'll probably talk about that, North Americans abroad, the whole nine yards. So thank you guys again so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. As always, head to MLSMultiplex.com and check out a lot of awesome written content. Our writers, uh, Alex Miller, wrote a really awesome piece that I read actually this morning about the MLS Cup tactical preview. So highly, highly suggest you guys go and reading that. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. As always, visit the website. Visit the website on Twitter at MLS Multiplex. You can find us on Twitter, myself at underscore Drew Hubbard, to see some Georgia football tweets, Connor at CWD Somerville, to see some TFC, some Toronto Maple Leafs, and some hockey tweets. You can find Josh at Josh underscore Boland to see his tweets about the Hawks game tonight, some Marvel movies coming out, if the new Spider-Man's good, I don't know. He tweets about a lot of stuff, so give us all a follow on Twitter. And as always, leave us a review on the podcast. We love hearing ways of how we can get better. And be sure to tune in whenever the next episode drops to talk about an MLS Cup champion. And we will talk to you then. Thank you for listening to the MLS Multiplex podcast. Check out all of the contributors' written work at MLSMultiplex.com. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.